0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and joining me tonight are two massive horror geeks that I am so excited to have. Together, we're going to have some great discussions about Halloween, horror, and their projects that they're doing right now that are very, very apt and perfect for this time of year. Uh, first, we'll have Mr. Greg Nicotero, the man behind so much of The Walking Dead, and also the fantastic anthology series Creep Show. And joining us will be Mr. Mark Meir, the man behind October. The character, not the month But maybe the month, I don't know He's a little eternal Um, But Mark also is doing a fantastic One man show, another one He does a lot of these But this one that he's doing right now Is Fear and Loathing and Lovecraft Where he does his uncanny Impersonation of Hunter Thompson But this time Hunter Thompson Is taking on the Elder gods of Lovecraft's mythos. So I am super stoked to have these two guys meet. I don't think they've ever met before, Um, but have them together on the show and we're going to have a basically a horror geek summit, if you will. Um, Talking all things halloween horror and their projects. So I am really excited about this Um, So before we get into that and bring the gentleman on I wanted to give you some updates on things that I'm doing and things you might be interested in hearing about Uh, Firstly, I just have to tell you all that you need to go see Zombieland 2 if you haven't seen Zombieland 2 yet, You are a bad, bad horror fan. Zombieland 2, 10 years in the waiting um, and making, I guess, um, was fantastic. This movie, I actually hurt myself laughing so hard. Uh, in the theater, it, we were applauding, we were cheering, it was fantastic, Woody Harrelson's Tallahassee is so amazing, Rosario Dawson was great in this, just hilarious, hilarious movie, bloody, gross, fun, just everybody appeared to be having such a great time, and that came over in the, in the film itself, there's just so much it, lunacy going on. There's, uh, there's little in-jokes about The Walking Dead in there, of course. Then there's just great, just amazing stuff. So fun. Great movie. Definitely worth the wait. Um, I, uh, I just had so much fun with this. These characters are fantastic. They're hilarious. Um, the writing is witty as hell. I don't know how much of this was improvised, but it was so, so good. Um, music's fantastic. Visuals are great. Just a fantastic, fun time for horror fans. You should go check it out. Um, just great movie. And it's a telling uh, indicator when a movie that's uh, the sequel, it's been 10 years. And it's, I believe, a very healthy number three at the box office when it's going up against guys like Will Smith, Angelina Jolie. And the zombie movie is is number three. Uh, so that's pretty fantastic. Uh Go see it and also stay through at least the first part of the credits because you don't want to miss what they do. Just telling you, go see it, have fun, great time. Um, also, I just wanted to let you guys know, uh, my my film, uh, In Search of Darkness, is um, being pre-sold right now. You for a, It's a fantastic set. It's got a poster, an enamel pin of our little boy icon watching the horror movies and it comes with a postcard and a blu-ray and it is four hours a little over four hours long blu-ray has all sorts of extras including a commentary track with myself the director um david weiner robin block and heather Wixon. Um, giving you some insight on the project and our love of 80s horror. There's all sorts of people in this, including Tom Atkins, Greg Nicotero, um, and a bunch of other fantastic people from the 80s and now, and YouTube, James Rolfe's on there, um, Dead Meat James is on there. Uh, great, amazing time making this thing happen. And uh, right now is your chance to get... Uh, get it on blu-ray. It's going to it's a limited uh edition that you won't be able to get after this point. And also, if you buy it now, your name gets in the credits. It's 59.99. Some people are freaking out over that price point. You shouldn't. It's worth every penny, especially when most blu-rays that are like 2 hours only are costing you $30 right now. This is 4 hours eyed with extras a uh, on top of that and you get all those goodies and uh it's so good um the reviews are coming in we're so excited and happy with, with the reception it's getting um if you go to 80shorrordoc.com you'll be able to find it on there 80s horrordoc.com um we did our premiere at beyond fest and it was so amazing to be a part of that uh, just God, that theater was beautiful. It was at the Egyptian, and um, it was packed. And we had a panel of of 80s icons there, including Barbara Crampton, Caroline Williams, Kelly Maroney, um, McGarris, Brian Usna. It was just amazing. So uh, I want you guys to be aware of it. It's going to be available uh, to order through midnight on Halloween. So you have a little bit of time left to get it. Um, I think you'll love it. I, it's If you're a fan of 80s horror If you're a fan of movies If you're a fan of horror movies You should check it out um, As I said I just had a blast Helping get this to, together And getting these people brought together as a group It's so fantastic So definitely check it out And so now I am going to go Get our two Bros of horror They're not horror bros There is such a thing as horror bros These guys aren't horror bros They're horror geeks just like us, and they're fantastic, and they are very talented. So I'm going to go get our guests, and we will be back. So everybody, I am very thrilled to have my um, assembly of horror geekdom here with me. Um, We have Mr. Greg Nicotero, the man behind the fears and scares of The Walking Dead, not to mention the amazing anthology series (laughs) Show that is now on Shudder. And uh, Greg, thank you for joining (laughs) us.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And also with us is the man of many monster faces and the man who created October, the character, not the month. Although, as I said, I think he's a vampire himself, so he could have had something to do with it, Mr. Mark Meir.
2: Hello. Uh, Thanks for having me. And I'm very honored to be on the same show as Greg Nicotero.
0: It was very awesome. Oh, I was just going to say the
2: same thing. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Greg.
0: Well, I, I, I was going to bring this up later, but I have to tell you, Greg, Mark did a, a show called The One Man Walking Dead. Where <laughs> I
2: did, yes. <laughs>
0: a one-man show where he played the victim and all of the zombies, too. So it's pretty impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was pretty much oh. the entire cast. They showed up at some at some point. Everybody got at least one line, I think.
1: <laughs> all right well i feel bad that i haven't seen it but now i have something to do when i get on the plane today perfect
2: <laughs> <laughs> well if you if you ever find yourself at a canadian fringe festival then please feel free <laughs> <laughs> Awesome.
0: oh man i Excellent. see these guys are going to end up married before the end of the show. i'm just telling you right now it's going to happen <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> so my first question i wanted to ask you both was um because, you know, uh, Greg, you, you grew up on the East Coast, um, Mark's in Canada, but I wanted to check and see with you guys, growing up, what did Halloween mean to you? Because you're both, you know, you're both masked guys, you both love horror. Um, What really kind of um, made Halloween for you when you were younger and growing up?
1: <clears throat> well, you know, it all it all started with just, for me, my love of universal monsters. You know, I mean, my my mom is quite convinced that the reason I am the way I am is because she read Dracula when she was pregnant with me. So she's convinced that, um, that that's why I'm, I'm the way I am. But so it was always like a great opportunity to dress up. You know, my dad's a doctor, so he would bring bandages home from the hospital and I would dress up as the mummy one year. And then I would buy my Don post mask and my mom would make my Wolfman costumes and stuff. So it really was just something that I, I always looked forward to. It wasn't even so much about the candy; it was just about the costumes and the monsters. That was what really—that uh, was what really always did it for me.
0: So, Mark, what about you? Uh, well,
2: mm-hmm. of course, I grew up in Canada, so my Halloweens often involved uh, a coat being incorporated into a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you, you either had to pick a costume that a coat would fit under or a costume that uh, could somehow use a coat, or you'd just be, you know, a skeleton wearing a coat. Uh, and that's <laughs> that, that's what, uh, in large measure, childhood Halloweens in Canada were like. Where we often get snow on the ground uh, before Halloween, where I am. And uh, funnily enough, my uh, my father was also a doctor. Uh, so I think, yeah, the, uh, being around, you know... Uh, uh, little models of organs and things like that, that probably helped influence my macabre outlook as a kid. And of course, I, uh, as you know, Jessica, I also had early exposure to a television show called The Hilarious House of Frankenstein*, which was a bizarre and psychedelic kids show that was shot in the early 70s up here in Canada, and it played in syndication for years and years. So yeah, I'd say uh, having monsters as my childhood friends probably uh, influenced me to really like Halloween.
0: So, Greg, I was going to ask you: Have you ever heard of that show? Because this is totally your jam. I have. No, no, I've
1: totally heard of that show. I yeah, have. yeah. You
0: know, I mean, there
1: were there were a few, you know, there were a few shows like that, you know. And again, being on the East Coast, it was, <clears throat> you know, you had Zachary, and you had uh, in Pittsburgh, of course, it was Chiller Theater. So the show I watched was uh, hosted by Bill Cardill who played the reporter in Night of the Living Dead. And he would play, he would play double feature horror movies every Saturday night until SNL came on. And as soon as SNL came on, then they would push the horror movies to after SNL wrapped uh, or wrapped (laughs) uh, finished up. So, so you'd have to wait till 1am to even see any monster movies um, after like the late seventies. So that was a real, that was a real bummer. But you know, my, my, my parents were huge movie buffs and still are. My grandparents, you know, my grandfather, he had ever, would go to Sears and buy all the Super 8 horror movies, and we would play them forwards and backwards, so you'd watch The Creature from the Black Lagoon, like the Castle films, the eight-minute the eight digest version, and then right when we would get to the end, we would just put it in reverse and watch the entire movie backwards, so The Creature <laughs> would jump out of the water onto the boat. And we did that over and over again for years. I still have all of the Super A movies. So I always felt like that was a huge, a huge influence was just being able to, and this was, you know I mean? Mark knows this and you know this, but you know, like before video, before home video, there were only two ways that you could ever see monster movies. One of them would be, you'd have to get the TV guide that would show up at your house and you'd have to scour it to see when a movie was playing.
0: And circle. And you'd have
1: to be home and, <laughs> and circle it. And then you'd have to be home and you'd have to be in front of the TV. Or you would have the Castle films, which were all the Super 8 Digest movies of all the Universal Monsters and Godzilla and stuff like that. So,
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember distinctly having, I think, my sister owned Horror of Dracula on that. And I remember watching, like, like you said, a condensed version of it with no sound. It didn't have any sound, um, at, l- at least the one we had, and it was just, it, gosh, I remember that little weird recorder player thing, the the
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: projector, but oh my gosh. So
2: um, Yeah, these, uh, I, these young horror fans these days, they don't know how easy they have it, they can watch any movie they want, whenever they at- want.
0: Whenever they Market. want.
1: You're so right. You're so <laughs> right because now you can just go on. You can go on to Shutter and watch whatever the hell you want. Pretty but but Cre- I Creep feel show. like what made Creepshow. Creepshow. <laughs> but what yeah, made, yeah, you want to watch What made show. what made this generation of horror fans is the fact that you had to work at it. Like it wasn't easy to be a fan of horror when 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 I mean I'm 56 years old. So when I was younger. You've really had to work at it, and then so as as I got into the movie industry and my career grew, I realized that people like Quentin Tarantino and Frank Darabont, Robert Rodriguez, and Eli Roth and Alex Aja and Guillermo, and all these guys, we all had the same, we all had the same upbringing. You know, we all read Famous Monsters magazine. We all loved Ray Harryhausen. We all loved those Super Eight movies, and I feel like that's sort of what bonded all of us together with this with this sort of undescribable love for um for what's going on in in the horror genre and i and i feel like that's what shaped a lot of today's modern filmmakers was you know was that love of monsters and that you know sort of forbidden you know again it was also and mark can probably attest to this like people thought you were weird if you liked horror stuff when you were younger when i was younger you know people were like Ooh, how do you watch that? Like they'd think there was something wrong with you if you loved
2: horror movies.
0: Well, and I yeah, I can,
2: up, I can definitely attest to that.
0: When I grew up in a little podunk area of southern Illinois where I was the only like, girl that wore all black and had a, you know, like, rock and roll t-shirts and things, and I read Fangoria. So I had like triple strikes against me where I lived. Um, and it, you, were, you were the weirdo. They called you a Satanist and all this other crap. Yeah. And, and uh, the other part of that, too, was uh, the v- video stores. I miss them. I loved going there and doing the the search of going down the aisles and talking to people while you're, you know, figuring out what movie to pick and and it was it was so neat and kind of like this experience of bringing people together that had the same interests because when you ran into somebody in the horror aisle you're like, "Hey, did you see this? This is a really great flick. We don't have that anymore."
2: You know, you should really come no. to Edmonton because we have an amazing video store here that's all horror and cult movies, uh, called The Lobby. Uh, Kevin Martin is a guy who runs it, and he's 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 determined to be the last video store on earth.
0: He's going to have to compete with that blockbuster that's in uh, Bend here right. in Oregon. <laughs> Because that thing is never dying. I think they're they're actually uh, like uh, getting letters from the uh, Blockbuster Corporation or something to you need to take that down, and they won't do it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Kevin's is actually it's a little small, independently owned uh, little horror uh, video store, and he's actually there. There have been a number of uh, little films made about it, uh, including. I believe they did a segment in the ABCs of Horror uh, at one point. M is for Magnetic Tape. I think was uh, was there, uh, and uh, and there there's um, also been uh, making the festival rounds a little uh, a little thing called the Last Video Store.
0: That's fantastic. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, for both of you in the in the realm of Halloween, what was your what is your favorite memory of Halloween? Growing up, or even, late, even today, even uh, in your elder years, as we're all so freaking old.
2: <laughs> uh, you know,
0: I, I don't... I, go ahead, go ahead, Mark.
2: Oh, no, please, Greg, go ahead.
1: No, I, I would just say it's, it's hard to really pinpoint one particular Halloween memory, because they're all so different. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, Todd Masters, who's a makeup effects artist, who's a good friend of mine who, who lives in uh, Vancouver, he, his was sort of like the Halloween party for years that, that you would go to. And I think Rick Baker had a Halloween party once. Um, <clears throat> and I think when you when for me, when you get to when you get to go to a party with other makeup effects artists and other performers and other actors and stuff and and you really get a chance to see like what they came up with, what their imagination created. I mean, it's always fun. I mean, I love even now when we're working on The Walking Dead, everybody wants to know what I'm going to dress up as for Halloween because every year I dress up, whether I'm in prep or I'm directing, I have to wear a costume on Halloween day. So I I always loved being around other creative people and seeing what their costumes are. But like the Rick Baker Halloween party that I went to and then, The Todd Masters party, they were always so much fun just because you were surrounded by like-minded people who really spent, you know, like four months thinking about what their costume was going to be. I always kind of loved that.
0: I can only imagine a Rick Baker Halloween party because just his Instagram account and Twitter Mm -hmm. account alone makes me cry at how good the stuff is he's doing. Even just 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 to, to mess around, he just, it's like, oh my God. Look, look what you did to your, your daughter. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Uh,
2: well, as mentioned, uh, I, I, for, for the starters, I'm just uh, geeking out here, also imagining a <laughs> Rick Baker Halloween party. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, uh, but my favorite Halloween memory is quite easy because I was married on Halloween.
0: That's right. I keep. For- uh, I, that's right. I knew he was. I should have known he'd say that. That's fantastic. Then, did you guys dress up when you? Oh, got yeah, here?
2: yeah. It was a. It was a full Halloween wedding. Everyone was in costume. Uh, the the guests, the bridal party, uh, the uh, lady who performed the ceremony. Yeah, every everyone was in full costume, and of course, we have a big. Uh, we uh, for many years we'd have a big Halloween party every year, and we've been doing Halloween tourism as a little uh, Halloween getaway. Uh, for the last few years, going to Salem, went to the Greenwich Village Halloween Parade, uh, and those those have all been great, uh, but the first, well, you know, the, the Halloween we were married, Halloween 2001, that's when it's always going to be special.
0: I have to ask what were you so,
2: doing? you're so much smarter than me. Why the heck should I not take it? <laughs> I yes. always remember my anniversary.
0: <laughs> That's true. We no, can't ahead. get out of that one. That could be both good and bad. Um, but what were you guys dressed up as? I, I I'm dying to know. And and who married you? What what married you?
2: Uh, well, uh, we were married by the sort of autumn incarnation of Mother Nature, and uh, that was a friend of ours named Neon, and uh, she's a makeup artist here in town. And when we announced that we were getting married, she uh, piped up and was like, I'm I'm able to perform ceremonies. So, yeah, we we immediately uh, booked her for that. Uh, let's see, our costumes, I wasn't anything specific. I was sort of in a sleepy, hollow era kind of outfit, uh, you know, with the high boots and the, the breeches and the, the tailcoat and all that. Uh, I had sort of gray makeup, uh, uh, red, red contact lenses, red contact lenses, and uh, I'm sort of a paper mache mask that I could either wear down or up on my head like a crown. And Belinda was the Snow Queen from uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but this was oh. before the movie, so she she had her own interpretation of that.
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are leery of getting married on Halloween (laughs) because of the crow. But (laughs) but I think that's fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, there's that. And (laughs) and of course our our bridal party, you know, I had my best man shaved his head to play Nosferatu and
0: we had various
2: demons and werewolves and Fidel Castro. That's random. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly was. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's fantastic so um, so from I want to get an opportunity here for both of you to um, pimp the things that you're doing and ask you a couple questions about it because you're both doing really fantastic things right now um, so I'm gonna start with Greg because I freaking love creep show I I mean you, you 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 got Jeffrey Combs to play a Nazi fighting werewolves which is yeah just. Like a fevered dream of mine come to reality. Um, Can you talk about casting this? Because you're getting some amazing people in there like Tobin Bell. You've got Giancarlo Esposito, Jeffrey Combs. Can you talk about like casting this?
1: Well, you know, I mean, that's, I I think that was one of the few instances where I literally pulled out my phone and started reaching out to all of my friends. (laughs) <laughs> because I figured one of one of two things. Number one would be, it's only three and a half days, so like, how hard could it be to like give up three and a half days to come and do something? <laughs> and number two is that it was a chance for for my friends to for me to work with my friends, and you know the you know the damn Marvel movies sucked up a lot of them because you know <laughs> I had to talking to. Josh Brolin, and I listen, I mean, all of my friends were like, dude, we love it. Even Jeffrey and Norman were kind of like, we want to be in an episode. Like, why didn't you ask us? I was like, oh. Um, So I really feel like it was kind of like everything lined up. It was a perfect storm, you know? I mean, with Jeffrey Combs, it was kind of funny because I texted him and said, hey, what do you think about coming and doing a cameo? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then he flew to Atlanta, and he read the script, and he's like, I'm going to have to describe to you the definition of the word cameo. Because this is actually a part, and I said, "Well, I didn't know if he would come or not, so I figured I would just, you know, throw this little cameo out there." But he had a great, he had a great time, and you know, Adrian Barbeau, like she was one of the first people that approached me when Creepshow got greenlit, and she was like, "I would really love to work with you," and I was like, "Are you, are you kidding me?" Like we were standing on set at one point, shooting one of her scenes, and we had a we had to shut the generators down because it was a lightning storm, and there's you know. 30 of us standing around the set, just kind of looking at each other, waiting for the lightning to go by, and I'm looking across the room and I was like, guys, when I was little and I dreamed about Ad- working with Adrian Barbeau, I don't think I re- ma- imagined it quite like this. Because um, we were just kind of standing around looking at each other, and, and she just started laughing. But, you know, I really feel like you know, I, you know, this week's episode has, uh, has uh, Bruce Davison in it, so we were talking about Willard, and we were talking about all these great movies, and uh, David Arquette. So a lot of people like that were big fans of the genre just wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, I've made a lot of great friends over the years working in virtually every movie ever made. So, uh, that was a huge, that was a huge benefit and a huge help because, you know, having come up as a makeup artist, I had already created great relationships with a lot of these guys. You know, John Carlo was always like, Greg created my best friend makeup. Like, I would do whatever he wanted. And so he came down and Tobin came down and, you know, we, we had a great time and I really, I was really grateful to the, to all the actors that we got. Cause listen, you know, we had three and a half days to shoot a segment and it was hard. And I'll tell you, it was one of the hardest things i had ever done. And I felt just sort of the weight and the pressure and, you know and when the show premiered and everybody said man oh man like we feel every ounce of passion that Greg put into it and so much heart we know exactly where the show's coming from like that's all i needed to hear like that's all i needed was was i just really really wanted people to know that this project was really important to me because of George and because of everything the creep show meant to me and it all came through on on screen and that's all I could have ever wanted. So to me, um you know, I am beyond blessed.
0: Well and it it also holds that vibe of like uh Tales from the Dark Side and and, and the original creep show too. Like I, I really just love the look of it and how you kept the comic book aesthetic to it too. Um and I I I have to tell you, I love the finger. I think The Finger might be my favorite episode just because it's so bizarre and weird. And DJ did such an amazing job. I wasn't expecting amazing. that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting listen, that he, kind of talking to the camera he, thing.
1: He he. Well, listen, David J. Scow wrote a great script. And that was actually one of the first stories that we had optioned. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, what was kind of funny is the network really didn't understand the episode. They had a little, they were kind of like, well, not really sure about this one. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I want people to wear like Bob for president (laughs) t-shirts because I felt like it was such a, it was such a slam dunk that one. But um, you know, DJ came in and, and did an unbelievable job and, and you know, he and I got along great. And he literally was like, dude, you know, this is like, being able to work with someone like you, whose mind just uh, just exudes this creative inspiration, you know, he, he said he left he left the set feeling like he was he was a better artist because of our collaboration, and that's how I felt too. So it was kind of great that we both got something amazing out of it, and, and I'm am loving that people really dig the, people really dig the episode because it was a blast.
0: Oh, that was it was so fantastic! And by um, the way,
1: all stop all stop motion too. There was no CG. That was all stop motion.
0: The So I, I
1: wanted to keep. It. I wanted it to have that that vibe, man.
0: Well, and your werewolves were so good too in the in the um, in the Nazi episode. You, I, I love I love the fact that you're a part of this because every special effect in it, and I know is going to be quality, and and that's just fantastic and it's i know you're going to go as practical as you can um so one more question to you and then i'm going to give i want to talk to mark about the new one man show he's doing um what stories would you like to see tackled in the future because i know i think you have six episodes the first season or is there more
1: yeah no there's (laughs) six episodes there's 12 stories Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about stories for season two right now, even though we haven't officially pulled the trigger, but, you know, we've been taking some submissions. There was a couple scripts and some stories that, that I read last year that we didn't do that I'm hoping that we can revisit, but, you know, um, I'm really sort of, uh, you know, I I was really happy with all the stories that, that, that we optioned and, you know, going out to guys like Joe Hill and Steve King and Joe Lansdale and then. You know, some of the newer writers that we had and John Esposito and, uh, you know, I really, I really liked sort of going, going for some of the, some of the vets and some new, some new blood as well. And I think we're going to continue that.
0: Um, I'm just curious to see if you were ever going to do like a, a way classic story, like either maybe even a Lovecraft one or a Poe just for uh, fun on that in the show.
1: Well, you know, the Lovecraft, we, we did talk about a Lovecraft story and I have, I have a story that that I wrote actually, um, Ooh. that may end up becoming an episode that was, that had, was very sort of Lovecraftian. Um, but, uh, but you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of submissions already and just kind of looking for some fun stuff.
0: Well, you can, you're can. you the boss. You could get heroes in there, I think.
1: <laughs> I think I could, too. If I, to.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I, speak, I think I
1: can pull that off.
0: I think, I think you know a guy. So, uh, yes. speaking of Lovecraft, Mark, yes. I could talk to you about Fear and Loving and Lovecraft, which I'm still, I'm mad that I can't see this yet. Because I don't, I need video. I need a video version of it. Because I have to get to Edmonton <laughs> to see this damn thing.
2: Well, but, you know, live theater is an ephemeral art form.
0: It's true. Um,
2: but although I, I have to say, just before we go on, I yeah. cannot wait to watch Creep Show because I was such a huge fan of the uh, the original movie. <laughs> And uh, and I cannot wait to see uh, the series that Greg's uh, putting out. Also, I I just got to do the Creep Show House at Halloween Horror Nights uh, down in L.A. Uh, last month, and it was amazing. It was easily one of my favorite houses, and I loved how it blended the original movie with the new series.
0: Fluffy was in
2: there, wasn't she? Yeah, Fluffy was there. Yes, Fluffy <laughs> was there. <laughs>
0: Fluffy has been on my shoulder. Greg brought Fluffy to a Horrorhound weekend um, back when we went to. I think it was in Pittsburgh, and he had Fluffy on oh, the original David.
2: Fluffy, really.
0: I think it was the original Greg.
2: Yeah,
1: it was. Uh, I got the original molds from. Uh, I got the original molds from Tom because he had given me one uh, a casting of Fluffy when I was you know twenty twenty years old or nineteen years old. So we ended up remolding it and. Casting the teeth from the original puppet. So, we made, I think I made like three three fluffy heads using some of the original pieces and molds and stuff. So, Tom has one, and then I have one. I can't remember where the third one is, but we made
0: a couple of fluffy heads. It's in a box somewhere. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, box. I know exactly where. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you about this, Mark, because. Uh, I had read this book and it just blew my mind. And it's a up of two of my favorite things, which is Hunter Thompson and H.P. Lovecraft. And you went and you made a one-man show out of this. You wrote a script and you created this theatrical experience. And you play all the characters, including Cthulhu. Talk oh, yes. about Cthulhu shows up. Please talk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, of course, the book that you're mentioning is uh, The Damned Highway, Fear and Loathing in Arkham by Nick Samadis and Brian Keene and uh, I also read that book and loved it and as you say it is a blending uh, it's basically Hunter S. Thompson meets H.P. Lovecraft Uh, the main character is very clearly supposed to be Hunter S. Thompson Uh, although it's never actually uh, outwardly uh, you know just straight up stated that he is Hunter S. Thompson but uh, rather than going to Vegas he goes to Lovecraft Country and uh, it's uh, an amazing story very very funny very well written uh, involving the cult of Cthulhu and its secret head Richard M. Nixon Uh, so so, yeah, just a, its a great book. I loved it, and uh, Brian and Nick were kind enough to grant me the rights. Uh, so I adapted it, to, uh, working with my director T.J. Daw. And uh, yeah, we uh, we put it up at the Fringe Festival this year, uh, to great success. And I am looking at touring it. So uh, with any luck, it, it may be in a city near you at some point.
1: Amazing. So let me know because if you're in my if you're in my neck of the woods, I want to come see it.
2: For sure, yeah. I actually, I I I've been fortunate enough that I did uh, One Man Walking Dead uh, down at Dad's Garage Theater in Atlanta. Uh, So I'm I'm buddies with the folks from Dad's Garage. So we may we may see Fear and Loathing and Lovecraft there as well.
0: Amazing. Yes. So I think we're about to lose Greg. So I guess we're going to wrap up, which I hate because this is so much fun and I love geeking out with you guys. So I have one well, question let's do it again. Then. Yes, <laughs> we should. Mark, Please? are you down? Okay, okay.
2: I, I think I'm down. Yeah,
0: I think you're down. I, I, I can hear Mark just like vibrating over on the other end of the phone. <laughs> oh,
2: <my God>. I <laughs> really am. I hope I haven't fanboyed too much, but this really is an honor. It uh,
0: is, it's you so were great i uh greg and i have shared vodka and 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 tequila i think and so i mm-hmm. i my life is surreal when i think about some of the people that i've drink with and and can call up and say hey you want to be on my show um but i have to have one more question for each of you we are all huge horror geeks if this didn't prove it you guys have some amazing memorabilia What's your favorite piece of horror memorabilia you've collected over the years? Greg?
1: Mm, Well, I think I have two, probably two pieces that pop to mind. I have one of the crates from Creepshow, the one with all the blood on it. Uh, (laughs) It was in Tom Savini's attic for years, and he was remodeling his house, and I traded him for it. Um, (laughs) And also, when Dawn of the Dead came out, they put that poster book out. So you would go to the movie theater and you would buy the Dawn of the Dead poster book and it folded out into this, you know, painted montage, this painted sort of collage of zombies and, and highlights from the movie. And I found the original painting, which is hanging in my house now. And like that thing, you know, when Dawn of the Dead came out, that was like the only source of any information about the movie ever. And so the fact that I can look at the painting, the original painting, and and it just sort of all my memorabilia and all my props and all the stuff that I've collected, it all takes me back to that v- very similar place in my life. And I'm, I'm and I just love it, and I feel like as I get older and I work on other other projects, that's all I ever want. All I ever want to do is sort of recapture those those feelings and those emotions when I saw Jaws for the first time, or I sat in the movie theater and, and watched Dawn of the Dead or, or all of those, those sensations, because I feel like that's what we strive to do. We strive to recreate those moments, um, that changed who we are, changed our DNA. You know, it's like, I, I feel like I was put in a telepod and then I came out half man, half monster geek. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And I kinda love that and that's I, I feel like that's what I do and that's why I spend billions of dollars on eBay um, <laughs> buying toys that I had when I was a kid because I I really want to I, I wanna embrace and recapture those sheer moments of inspiration.
0: There's no shame here, sir, when it comes to spending money. Sure. None. None. Mark Mark and I have agreed <clears throat> there's no shame. There no shame. Um there is no shame. There is no shame. So, Mark, what is your favorite piece of horror memorabilia that you own?
2: Well, first of all, let me say that there's obviously no way in hell that uh, <laughs> my collection will compete, will compete with Greg Nicotero's collection. But uh, actually, our favorite piece uh, is actually Belinda's, because I, I got it for her for our 10th anniversary.
1: Aww. It's
2: a prop replica, uh, well, not replica, it's a, a, a prop recreation of the Necronomicon, uh, Not the Evil Dead one, but a, like a Lovecraft one that was used in favorite. a... And I believe that was used used an off-Broadway production of The Hound. And uh, the artist who made it, Jason McKittrick, he's a, an amazing artist, a Halloween artist. He has a site called The Cryptocurium. But this was a, a one-of-a-kind piece. Uh, and Jason could have essentially just done the two pages that the Necronomicon was open for in the production. But he went all out. He did the, the entire thing. It's in Latin. It's uh, got <laughs> entries on every major Lovecraftian deity, uh, woodcuts. Uh, the the quality of the prop is just amazing uh, you know stitched together looks like it's made from human skin etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> and uh yeah just the the amount of detail that went into that prop is amazing so that that would probably be our favorite
0: that's fantastic i think you showed me that on camera once and that and i only got to see a couple pages but it looked fan- amazing
2: oh yeah uh, actually uh that's October's Necronomicon from Tiny Plastic Men. So yeah, you can if you watch Tiny Plastic Men on Amazon, you will see that Necro- Necronomicon show up a couple of times.
0: Nice. Well, guys, I want to thank you so so much. This was fantastic. We will have to do this again. I'm trying to think of a, a reason we can justify it, and I kind of don't care. I just want to have you guys back on together. No, I don't
1: think we we don't need a reason. <laughs> we don't need a reason at all. <laughs>
0: We don't need we don't need roads where we're going. Um so thank you guys so much. Greg, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy, you're getting ready to get on a plane. Mark, I know you're getting ready to get on a plane too tomorrow. So thank you guys again. Uh this was fantastic and we will have you back and we'll have our Geek Summit. Thank
2: Great. you so Thanks much guys.
0: Thank you. Thank nice
2: you. talking to you, Mark. Very nice talking to you, Greg.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, and thank you guys for joining us. It has been fantastic, and I um, want to thank you guys again for listening. Uh, check out uh, Creep Show on Shudder, and also check out if you're in Edmonton, go see the uh, Mark Mears one man show of Fear and Loathing in Arkham. And uh, also, don't forget. Before midnight on October 31st, you can get your copy of In Search of Darkness. And uh, thank you guys again. Happy Halloween.
2: Happy Halloween.